everyone. This is Myth and Monsters episode seven. Seven. Or something like uh, episode 34.5 or something like that. Something like that. <laughs> this comes out on August 31st, which is the day before Taylor's birthday. So her birthday is tomorrow, which we have an episode coming out on that as well. So y'all yeah. wish her happy birthday. We got um, all of our Twitter and all of that, our, our, our website, come stop by and our, our Facebook, wish her happy birthday. So today we are doing our Myth and Monsters episode and I'm really excited to hear what yours is about because we didn't tell each other this week. So neither one of us have any idea what the other is doing. So I'm excited. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, I'm doing brown, oh geez, I've had a, I've had a drink. Um, so, you know, this will be interesting. I'm also uh, very lightweight. So we'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, I'm doing the brown mountain lights. And this is something that, so my girlfriend Sydney actually suggested doing this. And she suggested this because it was mentioned at Mystery Hill when we went in North Carolina. Oh, I don't remember yeah. that. I don't either. She said it. Uh, I was trying to come up with a topic um, literally about 30 minutes before uh, having to do this. And she said, how about you do this one? And I said, great. Sounds awesome. And then I read about it and it's actually really cool. So, Sweet. okay. Uh, so that's, that's what it's from. I got all of my information from uh, Supernatural Magazine. I didn't go to um, multiple sources because this one seems pretty comprehensive uh, and I really liked it. Um, so Supernatural Magazine, and it was written by Anthony Justice. So these lights uh, are glowing spheres of like red, blue, or green light, and they hover up from the mountain um, called Brown Mountain, uh, and they move around and then wink out of existence or explode without sound. So they just either explode or they're just, they just vanish, and there's no sound that accompanies them, and they just float off the mountain. How neat is that? Right. So there's been... Um, physical human encounters with them, but it's like super rare. Like I guess only one person or whatever has actually physically been near these things. Uh, and they report like an electrical charge, uh, I guess to the air around them. Like makes your, hand, your hair stand up, that kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. Um, which I, I think is super neat. Cause you know, I've seen videos myself of, um, you know, orbs of electricity or whatever that have, you know, been uh, over, usually over train tracks for some reason, but like, yeah, just that kind of thing. So that's what it reminds me of. Neat. Um, so these lights appear in Brown Mountain, uh, North Carolina, but lights in the sky have been reported all over the world for millennia, like several generations. The oldest known reports in Brown Mountain itself dates back to 1200 AD. So a long time ago, several wow. hundred years. Yeah. The, the cause of the lights, you know, is up for debate, even to this day, I think. You know, Native, the Native American people who lived there uh, said that a, a battle was fought in the year 1200, um, and many of their warriors were slain on the ridges of Brown Mountain. So this battle was supposed to have been fought between the Cherokee and the Catawba uh, nations, Catawba nations, sorry. Um, and then more specifically, the lights were supposed to be the lost spirits of the maidens whose husbands or lovers were killed in that battle so long ago. Wow. Um, but that's one theory is that it's, you know, spirits of the Native Americans who lived there. Specifically, I guess, because of that battle that happened in 1200 uh, AD. Other legends say that the cause of the lights is, again, spirits, but this time it's of revolutionary soldiers who were in the area and died in battle then. Okay. Um, 
Local lore also states that the cause of the lights comes from the possible murder of a local woman at the hands of her adulterous husband who tracked her into the mountains and murdered her there. Now, I don't know why that would cause spheres of colored light. I have no idea. But that seems to be, uh, you know, one of, one of the uh, theories that are out there. So that was the start of, of this article that I was reading. And it moves on to the actual science of what is happening at Brown Mountain. What? Aliens wasn't one of the aliens? Surprisingly, no. At least that's not, uh, that's not what I saw um, at, on this article. And again, like I only looked up one source. So it's possible that there are theories out there that do say aliens. I mean, usually um, when you get the lights out there, the little orbs, and it's always aliens. Honestly, you know, I'm sure someone has been like, no, that's, that's aliens, dude. You're <laughs> hella aliens, UFOs. Or it could um, be wisps, will-o'-wisps. Like from, from World of Warcraft? Well, that's, will World of Warcraft got them from the actual legend, but yes, they're in World no, of no. Warcraft. No, 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 it's just World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then it moves on to the science of Brown Mountain, and I actually uh, really enjoyed this part because uh, all of them get, um, oh, what's the word? proven wrong. There's a word for that, but they all get proven wrong. And I really enjoy that for some reason, even though I'm a scientist. I mean, I think it sounds great. So the first one is in 1913, a United States geological survey was conducted to explain what these lights were. Uh, the, the study concluded that the lights were caused by the reflection of locomotive train traffic headlights um, that used railroad bridges in that area of the valley south of Brown Mountain. This conclusion was put to the in 1916 when a serious flood knocked out the railroad bridges for several weeks and the lights were still seen even with no trains, cars, or power due to the storm. Interesting. So that one, okay. Yeah. So that, that theory was, oh, debunked. That's the word. So mm -hmm. that one was debunked. Yes. Um, after further reports of sightings continued, the United States Geological Society launched a second investigation in 1922. The study concluded that the lights were caused by Swamp and marsh gas, which I think is really interesting considering I worked in swamps for three years and I have never seen weird lights just because of swamp and marsh gas. It's, but, supposed, you know, whatever. it's supposed to be a thing. Swamp gas is used to explain all kinds of things. Listen, I guess I believe it, but I would have to see it and understand the science behind it. But anyway, there are no marshes or swamps anywhere near Brown Mountain. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that one uh, got debunked. Okay. Uh, in 1940, there was a report by Hobart A. Whitman, and that concluded that the lights were not a result of natural ground sources. He conducted tests and analyzed rocks and soil from Brown Mountain and the surrounding areas for any strange elements, and the rocks and soil did not differ from any other places taken in the western region of North Carolina. So again, debunked. In May of 1977, this network called Orion, um, and it's the Oak Ridge Isochronous Observation Network, Orion, is, wow. is where I'm gonna, I'm just gonna keep it at Orion. That's um, <laughs> Right? Placed a 500,000 uh, candle power arc light in Lenoir, which is 22 miles east of Brown Mountain. At the same time, a group of observers gathered on an overlook en route, on Route 181, which is three miles west of Brown Mountain, a favorite spot for watching the Brown Mountain lights. The observers could see the light as a red-orange glow, and thus it was concluded by Orion that the vast majority of Brown Mountain light sightings were in fact reflections of artificial lights. 
O'Brien, however, did concede that this explanation did not explain sightings prior to the introduction of electricity in the area, and those yeah. sightings remained unexplained. Yeah. Um, Orion also attempted to recreate lights through seismic activity by using small detonated charges and was unable to reproduce them. So again, debunked. Um, and that's all I have on that, but I just thought it was super interesting that these things exist and you know, the, the number of attempts to explain what is going on, each have been, you know, they obviously falsified. They, they couldn't prove it. That um, is so cool. So, and I think that'd be neat to use in, in uh, stories like urban fantasy, especially when you look back at the lore and the, the local legend that is there about it being spirits. Like, I think that could definitely be used um, in an urban fantasy novel or, or whatever, you know. I think so too. How cool is that? That, I mean, you could use that in any number of ways. Mm -hmm. I, I'd love that. And it's right down the road. North Carolina is not far from here. I'd like to go no. and see it. Yeah, I think that'd be super cool. And I didn't see if they, um, you know, if they happen super often or if it was just like a here and now thing or if it was seasonal. I didn't see anything on that. Um, I might go and look it up after this and maybe, maybe I'll let y'all know, but, uh, I think that would be really interesting to see. Yeah. That would be a fun podcast episode to go and record ourselves trying to watch the, well, it wouldn't be fun if we didn't see anything, but it would be fun right. if we saw something and recorded <laughs> yeah. it. How cool yeah. No, that? that'd be super cool. Yeah. I like it. Well, my topic is about the dead children's playground. Sounds quaint. It's interesting. So the Dead Children's Playground is located in Huntsville, Alabama. Okay. It is in Alabama's biggest cemetery. Oh. It's called Maples, Maple Hills Cemetery. It's a real place. Is it? Okay, never mind. I have questions, but I'll let you continue. Okay, all right. Uh, the cemetery was founded in 1822. It's the oldest cemetery in Alabama. Gotcha. And it is the largest cemetery in Alabama. It's over 100 acres. Oh, wow. So hidden in the corner of this property is a place that's officially named Drost Park, D-R-O-S-T. But the locals call it Dead Children's Playground. Interesting. And that is already sounding creepy. And right. it gets weirder. So it's in a part of the cemetery where the branches of the trees grow so densely that very little sunlight can go through. So it's always got this eerie like feel to it. Kind of feel, mm -hmm. yeah. And three sides of that little park are surrounded by vertical cliff faces. So it's kind of secluded. So like boxed in kind of? Kind of on three sides, yeah. Okay. In 2007, as the cemetery expanded, the playground equipment was taken off the property by the city because they needed the space. And the community had such an attachment to this area that they demanded that it be declared a protected area, which it was. And so they, put, they brought new playground equipment in immediately. That's at the, at the request of the locals. So the field next to the playground has a dark and grisly secret. Oh. <laughs> Local legend has it that a serial killer killed children uh, in a reign of tower on the town and there's differing time frames for this. One article said in the 1940s. I yeah. found two that said the 1960s. Okay. And that he would 
the serial killer would dump the bodies in this field where um, uh, oh children, they were all children, yeah. Yeah. Um, another theory is that there was a, sat a satanic cult that killed all the children, but the same thing, that they were dumped in that field. In that field, yeah. There are trails that lead away from the field into old mining shafts where it was thought that the killer or killers lived. Right. Creepy. Yeah. And then again, there's also Alabama, that tent, that part of Alabama was, um, that they used child labor back in the day, which right, yeah, a yeah. lot of cities did at that time. And a lot of children yeah. were died during that time. And then the Spanish flu, that 1918 uh, Spanish flu came through yeah. and killed a whole bunch of people, including children. So the cemetery is full of the bodies of children as well. Um, for right. decades, the locals have reported strange phenomenon happening after dark on the playground, such as the sounds of little children's feet running through the park. No, thanks. Dust being kicked up as though kids are running. No, no. Children laughing. No, no, that one's worse. <laughs> <laughs> the swings moving back and forth all by themselves. Good. Even when there's no wind. Right. There were pictures of orbs and things found that um, tried to be debunked as, as saying, oh, well, that was just, you know, lights reflected or animals or whatever. But you got to remember all three sides of this had clips. So there's right, no yeah. explanation of what these orbs, they couldn't be animals. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, some locals say to avoid this place at all costs. Um, many say that they've had scary experiences there and they advise everyone to stay away. Has and it like harmed anybody? Not that I could find. Okay. But there are people that said that, that have set up cameras and all that to try to take pictures and they've captured orbs and they've captured the swings moving. Yeah. Um, and so they say for sure that there's ghosts there, but they don't know what else. I mean, that's, that's all I've got on it. You know, Alabama's close enough to go visit. I know. Uh, so <laughs> North Carolina, we should go visit these places. Right? That's, that's insane. I wonder, you know, I'm, cause, and that's why I asked if uh, anybody was harmed, like, by going there. Cause it's like, I'm willing to go to a place that's haunted. Although I wouldn't want to bring back like a little hitchhiker ghost. Like, I, don't want, I don't want like a little kid hitchhiker ghost, like to come back home with me. I'm, I'm okay without that. But to like, just go and see you know, if those things actually do happen, I'd be curious. I'd be curious too. Some people are like, it's a, it's a happy place because it's children being able to play. And again, if it's the, the souls or ghosts of children that were murdered by a child killer, that doesn't sound very fun. I, I, yeah, no, it doesn't. But I guess if they're like eternally playing on this little playground, then yeah. fine, I guess. But if, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I that blew my mind. So, Interesting. Yeah, I, cool. I'd like to go see it. No, me too. I, I I would love to go see it. I'm not uh, particularly a believer of ghosts, which is part of the reason that I would love to go and see it, is to mm -hmm. prove me wrong. That'd be cool. Uh, mm -hmm. Make me a believer. I'm maybe, maybe down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh yeah i think it'd be cool to go and see and experience that and and see if it is true yeah i'm, so. I'm totally open to the concept
I mean, no, no one knows. You don't know. Maybe we'll have to make a, a writing trip there and just say that it's research. Oh, I love that idea. <laughs> we should do that. Yeah. You know, when the so, pandemic ends. <laughs> this was just a little short episode of Myths and Monsters. I mean, you can use, I love the idea of using these real, these real, these real urban legends in our yeah. stories because they're out there. These stories are out there. There's already a culture surrounding them. And to put them into our novels adds a depth to it that you can't get from just making something up. Right. Especially if your reader decides to like, look it up. If you mention a specific place and then they go and look it up and they're like, Oh, that's real. Cool. Like, that's, I mean, I've done that. I've done that before. So. I've done that with Mercy, Mercy Thompson books, the, the yeah. troll under the bridge that Absolutely. I looked it up and I'm like, Oh my God, it's real. It's a yeah. real place. Yeah, no, that, I think that, um, that the Tri-Cities over in Washington would be fun to visit just because I know that Mercy has been, like, has been there. And I think uh, Patricia Briggs knows the area, so she knows, like, everything to, to put in it and everything, so, yeah. I think so, too. That would be cool. We'll have to make some trips. I think that would make for some good podcast episodes. Absolutely. So, if y'all have any ideas of places we should talk about or visit, let us know. Yeah, same for myths. If you want us to cover a specific uh, monster yeah. or, um, you know, creature, let us know. We're, we're happy to yeah. do it. Because we like to bounce ideas. You know, usually at the end of these things, we bounce off, oh, well, what if we could do this with it? And what if we could do that? So that might help spark ideas for y'all for books of your own. Yeah. Just listening to us talk about, I love the what ifs. The, oh, what know. if it was yeah. this? And what if it was that? So, yeah, send us idea, guys. Ideas, Definitely. guys. Wow. <laughs> All right. Thank y'all. We'll see you next time. And don't forget to wish her happy birthday. Thank you guys. All right.